0: this is hello everyone welcome back to another episode of independent thought my name is Desmond Price For today's episode, I'm joined by Matilda Milner. Matilda, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on the show.
1: I'm good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I had learned about your situation after someone had reached out to me on Instagram about kind of just some unfortunate practices going on at the Big Dipper, a local ice cream shop here in Missoula, Montana. It's kind of one of the the iconic brands here in our city. Uh, They had mentioned that workers there were feeling kind of like overworked and being asked to I guess adhere to conditions that were they felt were a little unnecessary and that the shop had recently closed. I want to talk to you about all of that but before we kind of get into some of the specifics here I just want to ask you personally from your experience you know what was it like working for the Big Dipper and were there certain things that happened within the shop that you felt were kind of uh, made it a stressful environment to work in?
1: Yeah absolutely um There was a lot of pressure to come in, even if you were sick or otherwise unable to work. Um, Our base wage was really, really low. It was only $10 an hour. Um, We were not given mandatory breaks. Breaks were left up to our discretion, and they would very rarely happen. And we were pretty dramatically understaffed towards the end of my time working there.
0: Yeah. And so... From my understanding, you know, you and you know, a few of your coworkers kind of got together and you wanted to like bring a list of like demands to management about things that needed to change. Could you go through some some of like what those demands were and how did management receive that like after you brought your your concerns to them?
1: So, the list of demands um was a little bit aspirational, but we really just wanted to get the conversation going. The first thing we asked for was $15 an hour as a base wage. We figured we weren't going to get it, but we wanted to at least try. Um, we wanted them to hire five new employees. We wanted them to mandate and enforce breaks, and we wanted them to recognize sick days, even when someone didn't have COVID-19, which just wasn't always happening. Um, the, the list of demands was met with a little bit of hostility, I guess. Yeah. Um, management took it pretty personally. Um, they kind of took it as an insult. And we were given a counter offer of a wage increase that was either $1 or $2 an hour, depending on how long you've been working there. They told us that they would enforce breaks and they would allow us to take days off when we were sick, but they would not hire five new employees. They only hired one. Um, and we were basically told to take it or leave it.
0: It's a little unbelievable for me. I've lived in this city for about 12 years now. And when I moved here in 2010, there were plenty of entry-level jobs here in this city that offered $10 an hour, local grocery stores, so on and so forth. So the fact that we're sitting in 2022, where the housing prices have almost tripled, if not tripled in some areas, and that there are certain businesses, especially one like the Big Dipper, who are still paying the same wages that they were probably paying a decade ago. It seems a little unreasonable to me, but you know, let me uh, let me go a little bit further here. You eventually were able to sit down with the uh, with the president of the company, uh, Brian Hickey. Uh, is that, that's his name, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Now, could you just detail for us what exactly that meeting was like, and you know what some of the conversations were like as far as you know, listening to your concerns about the company?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, um, several of my coworkers were also called in to speak with him and our manager. But we were called in to speak one-on-one, which I found very curious. You know, I didn't necessarily feel like I had a lot of power and authority in that situation, where it's just me and my big, scary bosses. Um, I left that conversation feeling as though maybe maybe there wouldn't be a job for me at Big Dipper in the future. There was sort of this implicit... Threat, I guess that maybe the hours I'm available to work wouldn't be hours that they would be needing someone to work anymore. Um, I also left with the impression that I was a quote, low value employee or that there was low value employees that worked at Big Dipper um, who were undeserving of higher wages. Um, I also felt as though, how do I say this? I felt as though I felt as though my input wasn't valuable or well received, or that maybe my employers would have preferred never to have had to have this conversation at all, and certainly to not have to have it again.
0: What led up to you feeling that way?
1: There were several comments. Um, yeah, the president of the company, Brian, laid out examples of what he believed a low value employee to be and implied that I was that he showed me a list of the hours I was available and said, these shifts don't exist in the winter. Um, And by the end of the conversation, I was hearing things like, that's just the way it's going to be. That's the decision the owner made. I'm sorry, we don't have any more room for a conversation about this.
0: Right. So in your mind, do you feel as though he was trying to like implicitly tell you that you in fact were this low value employee that he was otherwise referring to.
1: Yes, <laughs> I do. Right,
0: and how did that How did that make you feel? Did you want to continue to work there after hearing something like that?
1: No, I didn't, which is really sad because I felt as though I put a lot of effort into trying to make Big Dipper a place that was equitable and was what my coworkers and I deserved. Um, but I kind of got the sense that Maybe if I didn't leave soon, I might not have a job there for much longer.
0: Right. And, you know, as you were working there, like how were, what were some of the things that were happening with your, with the other employees, with your other coworkers? You know, were they being asked to like work long hours that they didn't want to? Were people like coming in when they were sick? You know, what were some of the other things that were going on in the workshop?
1: There was a night where one of my coworkers was there alone for most of the day from, I think, about 11 a.m. to 4.30. Um, and then the next person who came in was sick and had tried to call off work, but wasn't able to. And then the next person who came in after him was also sick. And the shop stayed open until 10 or 10.30 10. that night with two sick employees. Um, I'd been there alone for hours and customers had said things to me like, I can't believe you're here alone. Um, I wish I could come behind the counter and help you scoop. Um, one day I almost passed out at work because I hadn't been able to find time to take a break my entire shift because I'd been there alone for hours.
0: Right. And so this was pretty commonplace as long as you worked there for.
1: Yeah. It really picked up in about September though, when some of the employees went back to school for the, for the new school year.
0: Right. And so my first, I guess like beyond yeah, besides, you know, having uh, people reach out to me and talk to me about this story. I also heard about this, you know, as through like a press release that was released through the Missoulian. And I definitely want to ask you about that as well. But before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna have more with our guest Matilda, please stay tuned.
1: Hey, Thought listeners! Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry! They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at BathingBeautiesBeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order.
0: Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us through this episode of Independent Thought. So, before going we on the break, we were talking about some of the working conditions that were going on in the Big Dipper. Uh, how the president kind of like was a little more than I guess rude is the the polite way of saying how uh, how some of his words could be characterized when you had your meeting with him. And the Missoulian, local newspaper here, had released his press release saying that the Big Dipper was closing for the season. And how that this was not connected to a small group of employees who had raised concerns. So let me first just ask you about this press release because it seems like it was just something that was you know received by the Missoulian from the Big Dipper and they just like put it out there. Uh, how many of your coworkers actually signed on to this list of demands that were brought to management?
1: I think it was 15 out of a staff of about 25. I'd say.
0: Okay, so more than half of the employees at this at your location actually did sign on to this. So, I, I kind of want to just go a little bit further here. When the when the store you know did in fact shut down, uh, how were you and your fellow employees informed of being um, oh, from the store actually like closing down?
1: Yeah, so it hasn't shut down yet. It's to shut down November twenty fourth. We were informed at nine a.m. on a Thursday via Slack message.
0: And what exactly is that?
1: It's like a big work group chat. One of my roommates called it work discord. And it's, that's basically what it is. Um, It's just like a big group chat with everyone who works at the store in it. But I know a lot of people actually have their Slack notifications muted. One of my coworkers didn't even realize she'd been laid off until the next day when one of our other coworkers told her.
0: Right. That's another thing I want to address in the press release. They said that that people were going to be able to retain their jobs. Now, to your knowledge, you know, are people actually retaining their jobs or did people, in fact, get laid off?
1: That would be news to me. From what I've heard, I was laid off and I could reapply in the spring if I'd wanted to.
0: Right. So to your knowledge, you were just informed by some group chat that you, in fact, were no longer employed. There was no you weren't told like weeks in advance, months in advance, because, again, they made it seem as though this was their plan for a long time that they were going to do this remodel.
1: We were told about one month in advance that we were to be laid off and therefore out of a job.
0: Okay. And, and so when it comes to the other employees who worked at this location, you know, I you, we, had, we had spoken about, you know, this kind of this, um, all the things that are happening here before we actually recorded this episode today. And when we spoke prior to this, you had mentioned that there were other employees, you know, other coworkers of yours who had thought about coming on the podcast with you, but they didn't feel uh, I guess, comfortable. And why is that? If you don't mind me asking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of kinship amongst big Dipper employees, um, that I would even go as far to characterize a culture of nepotism. There's sort of this situation where you kind of need to know someone to get hired there. A lot of people have close personal relationships with the owner and his family. Um, And there is a lot of worry about betraying a personal relationship um, by coming out about the mistreatment in this workplace. Um, I I know that personal relationships have played a really significant role in people's willingness to talk about their experience at Big Dipper. And I think that there's a really, really strong emphasis on doing what's polite over what's right in this situation.
0: Okay, so you're saying that you feel as though there were people who were just afraid to come out and and speak about the mistreatment that was going on at Big Dipper.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or a lot of my coworkers are still working there for a couple more weeks and they're pretty uncomfortable and nervous about talking about their experience while they're still um, employed by Big Dipper.
0: So in, in your experience, again, when it compares to your other jobs that you have had, you know, how do you compare your working experience at Big Dipper you know, from other jobs that you had in the past? And how long did you work there for?
1: I worked at Big Dipper for nine months. Um, this, like I said earlier, it was my lowest paying job ever. I'm from Oregon, um, in my home county, minimum wage was $14 an hour. So this was a pretty big decrease. Um, also in my home county, and also at every other job I've had, breaks have been mandatory and enforced. And were a really important part of our work day. I have typically been scheduled for shorter shifts. I've had shifts at Big Dipper that have been as long as like seven hours without a real break. Um, and I don't think I've ever worked somewhere that has had such a big staffing issue.
0: Right. And so when it comes to trying to like what comes like what goes forward from here, you know, do mm-hmm. you want to go back to Big Dipper and try to unionize that workplace?
1: I would love to say yes. Yes. That would be, I think that would be amazing. I think that that's what Big Dipper employees deserve. However, I have a hard time believing that I would be rehired at Big Dipper.
0: And why do you think that?
1: I don't think that my my decision to try and organize my workplace was very well received by management. They seemed pretty discontent with, my political leanings or, um, my ideas about what I deserve as a food service worker. Um, and I just have a feeling that in the future they would be more interested in hiring employees who are more obedient.
0: Okay. And the last thing I want to ask you here, Matilda is when it comes to what it is that you want people to take from this story, whether that's, you know, other fellow Missoulians who live in the community with us or people who might be listening elsewhere. What is your final message to people as far as, you know, your personal experience and what you think should change?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of things that I heard from people in my life or in my workplace while trying to fight for changes at Big Dipper. One of them being, it's just a service job. Um, You don't deserve or need more than $10 an hour plus tips. Um, Twitch, which I would say this is a service economy, you know, there's a really, really large part of the economic sector that is service jobs and they are vital to our economy and service jobs are hard and they are degrading often and they're labor intensive and service workers deserve better. Um, I have also heard a lot during this experience, why not just find another job? But I care about my coworkers and I think that they deserve a better workplace. And I'd also like to say that even though this story does culminate in me relatedly or unrelatedly losing my job and it was a lot of work and there there was a lot of anxiety and intimidation involved, it was worth it. And I would recommend to anyone who is feeling Unsure about whether their workplace is safe and equitable to stand up and talk to your coworkers. I think that transparency in the work the workplace is vital and often squandered. Um, and that that's something that anyone can do.
0: Matilda, I really do appreciate you coming on the show today and talking, you know, to us about all of this. This conversation, I think, really mirrors a conversation that I had on my podcast recently with uh, Brandy, who was the co-founder of Chipotle United. Uh, she came on the show recently and talked about some of the struggles that they were experiencing up in the state of Maine with their location, about just like being asked to do a bunch of unreasonable things with less than desirable staffing. And it seems as though the corporation never really appreciated them. and and she said something very similar to you, that service workers deserve better, and that, you know, that they deserved a livable wage. They deserve to have, you know, safe working conditions, and that, As this service economy continues to be as large as it is, you know, people deserve to be paid a living wage and they just aren't right now, especially in this town, $10, $11, even the the new raise that you said was being proposed, like $12 an hour. You can't live off $12 an hour in Missoula. Absolutely
1: not. You you cannot live off that in this town.
0: No. So it's... It doesn't make sense to be charged, well, to be paying that little, especially a company like the Big Dipper, who has multiple locations well established. They can afford to pay people more. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate it. For those who are out there listening, please share this episode on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, Please go ahead and tag independent thoughts, share with other people in the community, and we will see you in the next episode.